name is Christina, and thank you for checking into the Home for Rabbit OCs. This is a podcast where our guests and I talk about our original characters, the good, the bad, and the self-inserts. And today, our guest is Margot. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. It's been a, it's been an interesting week for me, um, but otherwise, I'm I'm pretty good. How about you? <laughs> uh, parting the kimono here. I've had a I've had a rough week, but that's okay because it's the weekend, and I got like ten hours of sleep last night. So right now. I'm I'm gonna call myself net positive. Nice, nice. Ten hours is always a very fun amount to get. Oh, it is, especially when like on a normal night, I usually get between six to seven hours of sleep, <laughs> which I realize is not ideal. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think in everything, sleep has been one of the wackiest things for me in 2020. Especially, like, school time is making it interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'm reminded always of those, like, y'all have probably seen that triangle of, like, pick three things. Pick, like, studying or work. Pick social life and pick sleep, and then you only get to pick two out of the triangle. <laughs> And with me, it's usually social life and work or studying over sleep. But I'm trying to be better about that. I do wish you luck in that endeavor. <laughs> Thank you. And you as well. <laughs> but we're not here today to talk about either our sleep habits or our work-life balances. We're here today to talk about your original character specifically, Margot. Who are we talking about? <laughs> uh, we are talking about Magpie, my um, my high elf assassin that I play in the D and D campaign. Nice. Okay, so what I generally do with what I've started to do nowadays with OCs for the show is: Would you like to start with either how Magpie came into being as a character? Like how you came up with her? Or would you like to start with her in-character biography? I think I'll probably start with how I actually came up with her. Because that's kind of a, a funny story I like yeah, to talk it. about. Go for it. I am. I am. All ears and a set of headphones. <laughs> so without going like too long-winded about it, uh, back in my Bless first you. semester of... <laughs> back in my first semester of college... Um, I got invited to join a friend of mine uh, in a little D&D one-shot. Nice. Uh, because he was actually getting his girlfriend, also a friend of mine, uh, into yeah. a game. And, uh, you know, I had talked about wanting to play, and he figured it would be a good opportunity. Mm -hmm. uh, so I played a very, like self-insert bard uh who played the saxophone and was very interested in coin tricks as i was <laughs> at the time um that's, and... a, that's a very pure self-insert more i have to tell you yeah it's always uh so i'm i'm a retired band kid and always bards always bards for your first character um <laughs> but yeah I, I played uh through that one shot with that character now how many sessions did the one shot go it was actually just 
Wait, no, it was two. It was two. <laughs> it's n- <laughs> we have such we make jokes about it all the time, but we as a group have such a bad track record for one shots taking forever. No, I, but, I totally uh, get that. So I finished that <laughs> if, one shot. If anyone's interested in listening, I can literally direct you to two actual play podcasts that I've been in that were supposed to be one shots, then turned out to actually be like two sessions of play or like four episodes each. <laughs> Gosh, yeah. They are both great, though. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'll finish that, and uh, basically that was kind of my introduction to the rest of the group, because uh, two of the people from that were DMing and another one was playing alongside us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they had space for uh, another two players, one of which was my friend's girlfriend, who he had mm-hmm. wanted to get into the game. And he thought it would be a good idea if I joined along because I guess they really liked how I played. Uh, it fit with them and their sort of dynamics. And so I joined their campaign, which is still the one I'm in now. Nice. Uh, Storm King's Thun- uh, Storm King's Thunder. There we go. Okay. Uh, okay. And I we were starting at level six. Ooh, so interesting. I was like, well, I don't want to play the one-shot character because I want to start from the beginning with him, you know, get a real, like, sense of, like, getting his backstory together Mm -hmm. and everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'll make someone a little that I probably won't be into as much. (laughs) Which... (laughs) You said. (laughs) I said, and it has been two years, and I was very wrong about that, but... Yeah. So I came up with Magpie. And uh, she was kind of like a progression of characters I played in video games, because Elf Rogue actually came up a lot for me throughout different RPGs. Mm-hmm. And um, it was kind of like, it was, with the help of my friend, I sort of began like fleshing her out and coming up with her design yeah, and sort of everything. And eventually, uh, by the time, you know, it was time to play and everything. Uh, I had had Magpie, who was a very tropey, uh, kind of, you know, stereotypical femme fatale, very, like, you know, conventionally attractive, seductive, and that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And from there, it was sort of coming up with who she was on the fly, which... Turned out to be a very interesting experience, especially when, you know, you can write out as much as you want in your OC's backstory. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. But if they're in a game like, you know, a tabletop, things are going to get thrown at them. And yes. I think <laughs> that is really where uh, where her personality began to come out because, mm-hmm. in, you know. In, like, the responding to the events that the party was being put through. Or, like, in specifically the DM talking to everyone and being like, okay, so here's elements from your character's backstories that I'm going to pull together for the sake of the plot. Um, I think it was the the former, really. Sort of okay, just okay. the random events that might happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, where she kind of came through as, as, you know, able to handle herself as she is. Sometimes she's... Not as cool as she would like to be, such as uh, 
an incident in a forest we were traveling through where we got uh, ambushed by kobolds. Okay, uh, okay. Who proceeded to try and sleep dart us. And it was a dexterity saving throw. Yeah. And which, Magpie's a rogue. Yeah. So, so proficiency. I rolled a, I think it was actually an eight or a nine. And it was a DC 11. Ooh. <laughs> so Magpie is hit by the poison sleep darts and is knocked out like a sack of potatoes. F in um, chat. <laughs> fortunately, the conflict gets resolved pretty easily. Uh, and... She is then carried by my friend's character, the same friend who had, you know, sort of extended the invitation into the campaign. Mm -hmm. We had actually wound up setting up a sort of shared backstory for them because we oh, thought nice. it might be a good way to sort of bring me in. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's actually gone pretty far to the point where we've been writing out, like, short stories for them. Oh, that's so... That, that depth of character investment is, like, that's so good. It's it's great. Uh, but yeah, over time, uh, Magpie kind of fleshed out into something a lot more as I kind of found my own like realization that she's a little tropey and I don't quite, that's not what I want. Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably been said several times on, on this show in particular that like, tropes are not an inherently bad narrative device like it sounds like kind of what happened with magpie is like is is the best use of tropes which is you use them as like a building block and then flesh out the character like on top of the building blocks i think yeah that's that's kind of what i tried to do and mm -hmm. uh you know she's gone from how she was to sort of I, I really wanted to get into, like, how do you deal with a character who is very actually emotive and mm -hmm. feels things very strongly, mm -hmm. <laughs> but has been sort of keeping that under wraps forever? Yeah. And the second she joins this group of people who... Uh, she's... It was actually very funny, because uh, I... I didn't know too much about the setting of Forgotten Realms at the time, mm -hmm. uh, but the group I chose to align Magpie with, the Zentarum, are, and it were enemies of the party and essentially kind of a mob. Ooh. So that uh, there was a lot of play around with that, but yeah, uh, how'd that work out? <laughs> well, she's Everyone no longer affiliated out. with them. Okay, good. Because I imagine that every the rest of the party finding out that hey, um, our friend Magpie is actually also aligned with this group of people that is actively trying to hurt us. <laughs> yeah, and for a time, uh, Magpie's assigned job was to actively try and uh, capture one of the party members and then possibly harm another. Ooh. Uh, but um. The thing that with Magpie is as much as she'd like to pretend she didn't, especially at the time, mm -hmm. she did care a lot about some of the people. She grew to become best friends with, funnily enough, the healer. Nice. Very interesting dichotomy there of <laughs> assassin and healer who are yeah. best friends and like sisters now. Yeah. Uh, I, and... I stab him, you slab him. <laughs> 
And it became something where she really grew to want to protect these people, mm-hmm. no matter what. And it was... At times I worried it was a little ham-fisted because I realized I should probably, like, oh, kind of course-correct and make it so my character, you know, can cooperate with the party better. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, eventually she really kind of, throughout all of that, came into her own, where, compared to how she was and who she is now, mm-hmm. there's a pretty stark contrast in, like, personality. Oh, Yeah. And out of curiosity, how long have you been playing Magpie? I'm guessing years uh, at this point? Uh, a little over two years now. Okay. See, like, the... the uh, I don't know if depthening is a word, but I'm going to use it anyway. Like, the, the depthening of characters is often... At least I personally have found that a lot of times it's a process that takes, like, actual time to be able to do... Like, you can't necessarily, like, force a character to become well-developed and well-rounded. It, it takes time, especially if it's a character, like, in a tabletop game, where you can't necessarily decree the entire character's backstory and motivations as you immediately, like you would if you were, say, doing, like, a NaNoWriMo or something. Yeah. No, I definitely found that it it was a lot of time and to really sort of see her shape up into what she is now. And I think it really, like, no matter how good you might be at, say, writing or... Because mm-hmm. I guess, you know, I think all OCs are kind of a form of writing in some sense. Yeah. Uh, I think a character can't develop until... Well, you have to give them the time to develop mm-hmm. and the opportunity to. Mm-hmm. And when you try to rush character development, then you get some instances of Power Rangers. <laughs> and like, Ooh. I say that loving Power Rangers. <laughs> it has been a long time since I've uh, thought about Power Rangers. Nah, it's fine. Don't sweat it. That was just the, <laughs> that was just my immediate reference point of character development that's sometimes kind of hackneyed and sometimes really great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I think that's that's kind of how Magpie came about and into mm-hmm. who she is now. Nice. So I guess maybe the next question is, what's kind of Magpie's history with the party? Since it sounds like she's had quite the capital J journey in meeting these people and then getting working through the whole I'm technically supposed to capture and physically harm one of you too. Hey, we're friends now. Well, uh I guess it started uh the first person she managed to really kind of relate to a lot was uh our cleric, Noel. Nice. Who's uh very much uh believer that everyone sort of has the potential to be good and to be kind Mm -hmm. and she's very um, she's uh she's very sort of principled in that belief yeah that there's one should always have the ability to be good and show mercy Mm -hmm. 
Light cleric or life cleric? Life cleric. That's what I thought. Okay. Uh, and at first, I think uh, Magpie really regarded that as kind of a naivety because Magpie from, you know, mm-hmm. she's been through a lot. Yeah. Magpie is the jaded and also rogue. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So going from there to seeing that it actually does take a lot for Noelle to uphold that belief, kind of made Magpie actually respect her mm-hmm. a lot. That and also her being, you know, one of the people who showed Magpie kindness, even as abrasive as sh- uh, she started out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so from there, it was slowly kind of bridging the gaps with everyone. And our parties kind of shifted around with a few members staying pretty solid. Yeah. Uh, uh, I guess the next main bridge was uh, Ward, the wizard of our party. Ward who... the wizard is a very good name. <laughs> he's he's absolutely got one of those wizard names. Oh, um, good. Ward Harrison. It's, it's I don't know, uh, something about the syllable count to it. Chef's kiss. See, like, that's the thing is, like, if you're playing, like, a wizard in D&D, like, they gotta have a wizard name. And like, Absolutely. I, I don't know exactly why it is, but you, you, you may, I don't, is this something that you have experienced, Mar, that like you have, there's like certain names that just like scream a fantasy class? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, okay, cool. Me and my, my friends, we've made jokes about it. Like, you know, uh, Caleb Widogast from Critical Role has that like kind of mm-hmm. wizard name. Oh, uh, yeah. My own wizard, Maeve Rosenvold, uh, just... There's, there's like, a naming thing to wizards that just mm-hmm. keeps up. But, um, yes, uh, so Ward was originally Magpie's secondary target. Uh, her primary one was the capture, uh, a Shadarkai sorcerer who was with the party named Isaac. Uh, okay. But he eventually kind of left to do his own thing, uh, mm-hmm. with, uh, one of the party members chasing after him. Okay. Uh, so Magpie's handlers with the, you know, big shadowy evil Zentarum were like, well, you lost that one. Don't worry about it. Kill that wizard. <laughs> uh, and Magpie was like, sure, I guess. Um, which kind of backfired super hard because now they have some sort of romantic thing going on in this past session uh they kind of decided to like (laughs) they kind of decided to like hold off and wait till they're not saving the world to really work on it but uh yeah it was through with noelle she really had someone who kind of you know genuinely cared for her and Mm -hmm. was looking out for her and with ward she found someone she related to quite a lot uh, that, uh, at least apparent to her, they were both kind of pretty lonely people. Ward had actually had a rough time of a lot of his party members kind of just leaving, uh, mm-hmm. thinking like, I, like one of his things was, I thought we were like good friends and just kind of dealing with that. And Magpie in her life had lost quite a lot of people as well. So over time, uh, and through some shenanigans, 
uh, one of which involving oh, yeah. a funny uh, dance scene on a casino boat while they were all dressed up and doing investigation stuff. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, the disguise party heist. Feed it to me like grapes. It, it was great. And the uh, the real kicker is that they're both uh, magpies and tarm. And Ward is a harper, which is sort of the good alternative uh, in that they're a very sort of magic-oriented kind of spy organization. Ooh, that is so you just, had, like, so good. Yeah, you had all of that whole drama of that intrigue. Mm-hmm. Um, sh- and eventually, they really turned out to be pretty good friends and looking out for each other and... They're, the first time they actually wound up kissing was this whole dramatic thing where Magpie had died. Oh, um, like it was like like death saving throws or like revivify, like revivify. Oh. Um, and there was almost a possibility that she wouldn't have gotten revivified. Uh, to kind of summarize that event, it was a duel with the chosen of a goblin god who basically a duel to the death in which the loser's soul was forfeited to the god insert oh god what's the what's that thing about like your soul is forfeit (laughs) i think that's uh is that percy critical role yes i think so that just like that just like swam up out of the recesses of my long-term memory Oh, it's funny how things will just come out like that. I know, right? But yeah, it was a 2v1 because Chosen of a God is pretty formidable. So it was Magpie and the Barbarian. Mm-hmm. And Magpie manages to get off her really big hit with a sneak attack and everything. Oh, and after that, the Chosen's like, hmm, no more. And ices her in like a couple turns. And oh, jeez. It was a very, very tense session, um, but uh, eventually the Barbarian won the rest of the duel, mm-hmm. and uh, gosh, it was very funny because we were making jokes about it, uh, but prior to the duel, Magpie and Ward had, have a, had had a conversation uh, where uh, Magpie was interested in learning magic from him. And Ward was interested in hearing more about her. Aww. And uh, basically, I think she had said something along the lines of, next time we set up camp, I'll go ahead and tell you more of the story. And then flash forward to her dying. Uh, <laughs> Record <Noelle> managed... <laughs> scratch. I guess you're wondering how I got myself into this situation. <laughs> Absolutely. Noelle managed to convince the goblins to let her pull Magpie's corpse out of the fray, basically. And... Uh, Ward had casted a gentle repose on her just so they'd have, you know, more time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And one of the things he said was, you still have your story to tell me. And it was very dramatic. Oh. Uh, and so Magpie gets brought back and she's just kind of sitting there a little out of it. Because, you know, you don't come back from the dead very easily. I imagine uh, not. <laughs> So after a very brief pause of silence, she just jumps on him, kisses him, Aww. and everyone's, you know, <laughs> making jokes about them already. Everyone's it was, like, it was very everyone's sweet. like, okay, we'll have to turn the opposite direction and then loudly make jokes until, jokes, <laughs> loudly make jokes until our friends stop making out. 
Basically, uh, Noelle had assumed that Magpie had a crush this whole time, so her instant reaction was just, I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. (laughs) Someone needs to pay me money. Yeah, and that was kind of like a start of like sort of their arc of like figuring each other out and understanding each other better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there have been a few more changes in the party. Uh, yeah. But currently, I guess the other two big characters are uh, Vigor, who is Noelle's romantic interest mm-hmm. and partner. Uh, who is this massive tiefling barbarian who doesn't say too much. Nice. Uh, that is like, I don't think I've ever heard of a tiefling barbarian before, but I bet that's an awesome combo. Like, good on oh, Vigor's player. <laughs> <laughs> he is actually very cool. He's, uh, I believe he's a storm barbarian. I forget the name of the subclass, but mm-hmm. he's got a whole ice thing going on. And, nice. Uh, but both Magpie and Vigor kind of found or sort of thing to relate to in that both of them cared, obviously, a lot for Noel, And both mm-hmm. really kind of have this thing where they want to protect the people they care about a lot. <laughs> it, it's kind of like, uh, if you're familiar with Avatar The Last Airbender, mm-hmm. the reverse of uh, Zuko joining the gang. Where, you know, where everyone had a sort of life-changing little trip with uh, Zuko. Yes. It's kind of the opposite, where Magpie's having her own little life-changing moments with each of the party. Mm-hmm. hmm And then Abelos has been one of the rockier relationships she's had with anyone in the group. Okay. In that she sees a lot of herself in him. He's... A very tragic warlock who sold his soul to try and get revenge for some bad stuff that had happened to him. Uh, And Magpie understands that because one of her biggest goals is getting revenge on people who did bad things to her. Mm -hmm. And is is she talking to, what's this character's name again? Abelos. Abelos. Is she talking to Abelos, just kind of like pulling him aside, like, okay, look, kid, I'm the walking PSA of why you don't do this. <laughs> Not quite. Uh, they've had a lot of sort of disputes of like, hey, you chill. No, you chill. <laughs> uh, but in the end, they're also very similar in that they've found people to kind of bring them back to sort of ground and Good. not lose their heads in this stuff. And there was a there was a joke Magpie had made uh, because uh, Avalos had gotten romantically involved with a acquaintance of Magpie. Ooh. Uh, and Magpie knew her the best, uh, so Avalos kind of went to talk to her about it. And at the end of that conversation, Magpie was just like, you know, is it weird to say I kind of think of you as a brother? And Avalos just kind of looks at her stone face and just like absolutely deadpan, just absolutely weird. Don't do it again. And she's just <laughs> like, well, fine then. Uh, Stepbrother. <laughs> treasured, a... treasured work accomplice. A, uh, a very valued co-worker. <laughs> Thanks, Ron. But um 
yeah, it's been it's been a lot seeing kind of Magpie change a lot with these party interactions and go from being like, okay, the there was like a big turning point for her where uh mm-hmm. people were putting the Zentarum uh was putting uh some of her friends in grave danger and we're like yeah we're gonna we're gonna start working on icing some of these people and she's like mm, don't like that <laughs> and she she wound up having kind of a whole breakdown about it because caring about people was something she hadn't done in a little while and yeah. now they're all at risk so yeah it it became a turning point where she was like okay no i'm i I'm protecting these people. Mm-hmm. I have to officially turn away from the life so that I can pre- so that I can protect the people who have become my life. Exactly. Nice. It was it was very very wholesome and uh, all that, and I think from there it was kind of just Magpie doing little things uh, to try and you know assist the party like. Without mm-hmm. them knowing that, hey, she's been Zentarum this entire time. Until eventually <laughs> she was just kind of like, yeah, I've been Zentarum this entire time. But I'm trying to help. Yes. Oh. So, since Magpie is an RPG character, I always ask this of people who have played tabletop games with their character. What is the craziest, wildest, or like coolest thing that she's done? Whew. If you just have to think about it, we can feel free to take whatever time you need. This is a recording and I can edit out dead air. <laughs> gotcha. Um there's a there's a couple things. I think uh so probably my go-to is the thing she did before she confessed to being Zentarum. Uh yeah. where one of the cities we were traveling through, mm-hmm. uh a sort of fishing city uh, along a river named Yartar. Okay. Uh, came under siege by giants. Ooh. Uh, and it was like a whole army of them, basically. And we had figured out that one of the things they were looking for was this magic orb we had found. And after <laughs> figuring out what the orb did, uh, we were like, uh-oh, because... Essentially, what this thing did was, within a mile radius, cause these, like, catastrophic earthquakes that would just level a whole city. And, you know, this was a big city of a lot of people, so there was a lot of deliberation and trying to figure out, okay, how do we do this? How do we handle this? Yes, you know, what like, are we supposed to, like... How do we... How do we safely negate this conflict while also not wrecking this entire city? Yeah. And Magpie was, like, she was kind of faced with, like, watching a lot of people stand around and argue about, like, what's the best thing to do? To the point Mm. where she's just, like, in panic brain, she grabs the orb out of one of the party members' hands and just starts running. Without saying anything to anyone. (laughs) Not a very smart idea, but she doesn't have the highest wisdom. Yeah, well, Uh, (laughs) as you do. Uh, and this was kind of this instance of basically what she was, she was kind of in a self-sacrifice mode where she was going to use the orb to lead the giants away. 
mm-hmm. since that was what they were after. Yeah. Follow the bouncing rogue. <laughs> it's it's a rogue thing. Yeah. It's, it's difficult to explain, but... Uh, and basically detonate the thing on herself. Uh, and there was a whole moment of her just stealing a horse, running off with it, and sort of evading the stone giant general, as we call them. I forget what his name exactly was, because this Mm -hmm. was, like, an actual year ago. Yeah. Uh, and her kind of weaving and trying to do this big thing to save her friends and a whole lot of people. Yeah. And uh, the the big climax of this was uh, her and uh, Ward managed to catch up to her on his own wizard mount. And nice. them sort of springing a trap on the stone giant general and literally leveling a manor on top of his head. I hope that was unoccupied. We were very sure that everything had been evacuated at that point, so... Okay, good. No worries there. Uh, and this led to... He, unfortunately, was not initially defeated by this, but this led to sort of the whole party kind of in a st- just standing their ground mode against this very, very scary threat. Uh, and it was a very big moment for Magpie and the party itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's probably one of the coolest things I think nice. she's, she's done. Uh, a notable honorable mentions, I suppose. Uh, there was this one time in which uh, she was fleeing from this pack of barbarians uh, trying to get to a horse below. And uh, we have these little homebrew rules uh, for sort of special attacks that you can do with uh, specific weapons. Mm -hmm. And uh, the longbow she uses, uh, its special attack is you can kind of pull off the whole Hawkeye thing with like two arrows at once. Nice. And she managed to pull that off and while leaping off this cliff to make it to a horse and hit both of her targets. Nice. That is very rad. It was very fun. Now, the one of the one of the last questions that I have for you, Mar, is that on the on the wavered questionnaire um, under what would your character consider themselves an expert at? You put braiding hair. What is the context for this? <laughs> so, because that sounds precious. <laughs> Magpie's uh, a weirdo in her own special ways in that um, uh, she really likes to braid hair. Uh, she grew up in, in an orphanage, so she kind of had a lot of other kids with her as sort of, you know, siblings in a way. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things she did there. And actually doing things with her hands is one of the things that kind of calms her down and helps her focus Mm -hmm. she's very big on like weapon maintenance and stuff because of that yeah but braiding hair is also one of those things yeah and so there was uh there was one point where uh, she used to room with noelle Mm -hmm. and uh at one point uh they were all kind of resting together she wound up braiding noelle's hair yeah and it was kind of a little bonding experience for them it did get a little weird because uh Magpie does not sleep the best, although elves don't actually sleep, which is a whole 
thing in Forgotten Realms, especially. Yeah, it's like I I am currently playing an elf in a campaign, so like I understand. It's the whole weird thing where it's like they don't sleep, they meditate, but also it's like also they could just sleep. Like just because you don't biologically have to do something doesn't mean that you wouldn't necessarily be unable to do the thing. Yeah. Magpie is kind of weird about, like, actually sleeping currently, because Mm -hmm. she had a whole little thing in the campaign for a while about sleepwalking and meeting shadowy strangers in her sleep that never quite got resolved. Mm. I'm sure that your DM has not forgotten. Oh, I'm sure he hasn't as well. (laughs) But, uh... She did, and after getting up very early one morning from her meditation, she kind of got bored, messed around with Noah's hair, and braided it, and realized, oh, that's kind of weird that I did that while she's asleep, but I'm just not going to talk about it. See, that was going to be, my question was going to be if... If if Magpie had ever, like, braided people's hair while they were asleep and she was on watch or something. Uh... I don't know if she's done it while she's been on watch, but uh, she has done it a couple times to Noelle while uh, just kind of idly uh, in their room or something. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay, so is there anything that we haven't covered that you want to talk about with Magpie? Hmm. I was going into her actual, like, character biography might be something worth it, just because yeah, touched go for on it. that a little bit. Um, so, she, uh, I, I've trimmed it down for the purposes of talking about it, but she very much was one of those characters with the, uh, within, uh, five-page backstory, very Mm -hmm. dramatic, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, it's, uh, it's been kind of an interesting thing playing a character, uh, playing a character who doesn't really want to talk about their past too much even though i really want to talk about her past oh my gosh i totally get it you have the you have the magnus burnside's problem (laughs) i have this giant backstory that i would love to tell anyone about but no one there is never an opportunity to talk about it in character yeah slowly but surely she's been she's been sharing more but um yeah magpie was uh kind of a pretty generic sort of story i like to think she's kind of a pretty like she's a very rpg rpg character yes uh but she was born dead in... parents oh yep uh she was she was born uh her real name actually isn't magpie it is uh ara galanodal which is a very i'm pretty sure i took that off the suggested names for elves in a in the PHB. Yeah. Uh, that's valid. But she, uh, she grew up kind of a small village within the High Forest, which is big forest area, as you can imagine from mm-hmm. the name. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, to actually a pretty nice, simple life. Her parents were uh, an herbalist and a hunter. Uh, and they kind of, you know, just had their little village and everything. And everything changed when... The uh, Fire Nation attacked? 
kind of. Uh, her village was attacked by a raiding party of barbarians. Uh, uh, the Uthgar is what they're called. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately for her, uh, her mother was killed uh, trying to get her out of there. And mm-hmm. she isn't sure of what happened to her father. Uh, yeah. They kind of held her and a number of other children from the village captive and sort of used them as slaves. And she had a very rough time for uh, for a couple... I think I've written it as she isn't sure, but somewhere from like a month and a half to maybe two. Yeah. Uh, with the sort of leader of the barbarians who she has recently found out was a vampire. Uh, oh no. Which, yeah, scary. Uh, sort of taking kind of a liking to her in a very not great way and leading to her doing some bad things like being forced to hurt other children that she was captive with which obviously took a toll on her till eventually she managed to get her way out and eventually found her way to the main road where she was picked up brought to a, a nearby town and eventually made her way into the hands of an orphan matron who mm-hmm. had been traveling mm-hmm. uh, a woman named Greta Ironhall who owned an orphanage back in what Magpie considers to be her home city Neverwinter mm-hmm. and you know Magpie goes on to grow up in an orphanage and has a bit of a rough time of it uh, she can't speak common for quite a while Okay, so, okay. Uh there was there was a barrier there for her and got made fun of quite a bit, but eventually she kinda found a place there for a while with yeah. uh Agretta sort of becoming a very mother figure oh, to her. Good. I'm very glad to hear that. And also I wish you the best of luck in rolling to defeat this um this mer- this this marauding horde leader, whenever whenever he shows back up, as I am sure that he will in the way of DMs. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, Magpie has actually recently joined this organization of good-aligned assassins, and their first goal, uh, the basically your big trial before you're fully in, is uh, sort of taking avenge against someone who has wronged you and is evil. And she picked him. Like <laughs> immediately when given the option, so she's yeah. she's gunning for him. She's gonna f- find him. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, eventually she kind of, you know, how teens are. Uh, so in her teenage years, she eventually kind of runs off with her foster sister, a tiefling uh, who went by the nickname Kiss, and they became sort of thieves and little criminals Mm -hmm. uh, at a pretty young age until she and Kiss wound up joining an actual little gang uh, yeah, who was led by this very uh, kind-hearted sort of Robin Hood-esque young man uh, about 17 or so Mm -hmm. and uh, named Alistair who Magpie eventually kind of got romantically involved with yeah uh who 
through a series of rather unfortunate circumstances involving Kiss sort of betraying them all, uh, Yikes. wound up appearing to be dead. Um, uh, and from there, Magpie kind of had a spiral at losing just a whole nother person she cared so much about. Yeah. And wound up leaving the gang and turning to some pretty rough means of keeping herself, you know, surviving. Yeah. Until in a... She almost gets killed being robbed uh, in the street and is saved by an assassin. Uh, this sort of old, older dude, very gruff, kind mm-hmm. of. He, he very much, uh, his name is Sparrow. And he very much becomes the gruff man who adopts a child and pretends not to like them for a bit, but absolutely Aww. considers them his kid. Um, and he trains her as his apprentice in becoming an assassin. Not the most responsible fatherly thing to do, but he no, but... he doesn't know what else. Uh, and he kind of teaches her, you know, his ways and helps her to kind of find a way to fend for herself. Um, eventually, unfortunately for Magpie, that also ends pretty bad in which uh, a job goes very wrong for the two of them and... They both wind up hunted, and finding Sparrow, uh, her mentor and father figure, basically bleeding out, like, within an inch of his life, uh, back at their home, uh, she kind of is forced to be alone when he dies, and she blames herself very much for that death sort of shaping kind of how she responds to loss and her need to protect people. Uh, This leads to her kind of, yeah, she, she is one of those, uh, my philosophy sometimes with designing characters is I put them through a bit of hurt because when, when they get the happy part, it feels even better, but sometimes the hurt is a lot. Yeah. Uh, but eventually this kind of leads to her going freelance and kind of being on her own. And this is where she kind of grows that very sort of guarded, untrusting, kind of cold persona that she deals with. Mm-hmm. Um, until she joins Zentarum. And also eventually meeting a friend. Uh, another assassin named Liliana, who is very much not like an assassin. Uh, she is bubbly and kind and sweet, and she actually helps Magpie work through a lot of things uh, that she'd been dealing with to get to somewhere more stable. Aww. And eventually she meets Alistina, who is uh, my friend's other character, uh, the one that we sort of tied our characters' backstories together with. Yeah. Uh, And they play this game of sort of uh, more intrigue and kind of espionage where Magpie is running her whole thing of working for the Zentarum, this big criminal organization in Neverwinter. Uh, and Alistina, who is a lieutenant within the city's guard, is kind of onto her and trying to figure her out because mm-hmm. she knows something's up, but she can't prove it yet. Yeah. Uh, and 
eventually from there, uh, Alcina and Magpie kind of have this falling out where they were becoming friends, and then things don't go well. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's sort of a big event uh, where someone who Alcina was friends with dies, and she winds up blaming Magpie for it. Ooh. And... That's definitely gonna put a damper on their friendship. (laughs) Yeah. Just maybe. Just a little bit. But, um, eventually after that, that sort of winds up leading into the actual campaign where Magpie joins. And from there, the rest is, well, the events of the campaign, which have been quite an interesting two years of real time and four months of in-game time Mm -hmm. for Magpie. But that's, uh, that's sort of her backstory, uh, kind of expedited because I... I've written out a lot, but <laughs> it's a. Yeah, I totally get it. It's very much what I wanted uh, her story to be was kind of just that whole sort of redemption thing of someone who has been through so much getting a chance at being happy and doing good. Yeah, because I I am very cheesy and I love those kinds of stories. No, I totally get it, and I hope that she continues to be happy now that she has multiple friends who don't actively want to harm her and a love interest who cares about her Uh, yeah i'm I'm hoping so too it's a little it's a little hard to keep it up with uh with kind of worrying about giants uh destroying the world currently and Mm -hmm. some other shadowy things like the zentarum hunting them down yeah. But she's uh she's working on it. She's she's keeping uh she's keeping her chin up. Good. I'm I'm very glad to hear that. So I guess um if there's if there is nothing else that you needed to uh that you needed to talk about with Magpie, are you ready for the last question? Sure. Okay. So in that case then, uh your last question for today, Mar, is why do you love Magpie so much? <sighs> this is this is I think one of the hardest questions I've ever been uh, tasked with answering for her. I think um, I don't know exactly why, but mm-hmm. I don't know. At some point, she kind of clicked with me, where I was just really engaged with this character. Yeah, and it kind of. I think the reason why I love her so much today and why she's kind of my favorite and I feel bad for my other OCs who I love very much <laughs> uh, to say that, but she is kind of the one who I've I've done the most with and I've mm-hmm. sort of stuck with so long is really in working with her, I got to work with a lot of other stuff. Like I, I wound up getting a tablet for art and trying to work on that yeah drawing her a whole bunch and figuring that out and writing was something i didn't do a lot but i did like and now i'm writing short stories about her about her backstory sort of like little insight Mm -hmm. things and in a way i think sort of in developing and growing her i think there was sort of a thing where i was kind of developing things i liked about you know i like to do and about myself and kind of figuring myself out too yeah i think all of those are very good reasons <laughs> i just think she's neat 
Ah, <laughs> uh, good meme. Very good meme. But uh, yeah, I think that kind of gives a good summary of why I love Magpie so much. Good. I am very glad to hear that. And I don't, I never have a good saying into this, so I need to come up with a better way to phrase this at some point. Anyway, <laughs> thank you so much, Margot, for coming on the show and talking about Magpie. I very much so enjoyed getting to learn about her. Thank you for having me. I, I love talking about her. <laughs> you are welcome. So... Where would you like to be found on the internet? Do you have anything that you want to promote? Anything that you want to talk about? If you wish to be found? That kind of a thing. Um. it's a good question. Or if you want to remain unknowable, I also totally get it. I think, uh, I think I'll probably remain unknowable for now. That's valid. I'll be a, a mysterious enigma on the internet. <laughs> for a while maybe when i kick off doing more art yeah i'll try and i'll try and get that outreach but no go for it i totally respect that (laughs) for now mystery (laughs) in that case then it's time for me to do my outro actually i think i'm gonna start doing the the current events first first because it's awkward to say it in the middle of the outro so current events news um i have four talking points for everyone and i'm gonna do my best to keep them short so the first talking point is i'm sure that y'all are still aware that we're still in a state of pandemic across the globe so this is your friendly reminder to please continue to wash your hands don't touch your face and wear a mask especially if you are going to be in an enclosed environment or around people that you are not normally around like people that you don't live with wear a mask don't wear a cotton gaiter don't wear a bandana wear an actual mask because they are clinically proven to help prevent the spread of covid so that was number one number two is please go get your flu shot because if you live in the northern hemisphere and in particular in north america and europe we are entering flu season and I'm just going to conjecture here that you probably don't want to have the flu and COVID at the same time, because I bet that would probably suck. So get your flu shot. They should be available at your local CVS, Walgreens, pharmacy, or through your actual doctor. Maybe through your work if you are still having to work in person and your health insurance through work is covering it. Please, 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 please get your flu shot. So number three is... Please continue to support marginalized uh, people and the civil rights movement that we are currently existing in. Um, in particular, we are recording this on what's today? Today is today is October seventeenth. As we are recording this, and currently, the Mi'kmaq people of Canada are under like they're they're literally being violently oppressed as we are recording this. So, if you are able, please. Contribute financially to them if you are in the area. I don't know exactly which area of Canada it is, but if you are able to support them in person, please support them in person. And if not, financial donations are great. Um, 
if there are marginalized people in your area, especially like the unhoused and literally everyone who's not white, um, please support them as you can. In particular, there are organizations like Hunger Relief that help out with food insecurity. And there's just, there's so many ways that you can help. Please, I don't, I can't talk to y'all and tell you exactly where to help in your area. So please help in your area. Um, and also, at least in the United States, um, we are currently in the dead heat of election season. By this point, by the point that you're hearing this, most voter registrations will have closed. So I really hope that y'all are registered to vote. And if you are, then please, 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 please vote in your local elections. And by local, I mean don't just vote in the presidential race, vote down ballot tickets as well. If you do not have a preference on the phys- on the presidential race, um, please vote for Joe Biden. He's, I saw a phrase on Instagram today where it's like, he might not be my cup of Joe, but he's a hell of a lot better than fascism. <laughs> so please vote for Joe Biden if you don't care who wins the presidential election. And please also remember to vote in your down-ballot elections, because those people sometimes have much more of an impact on your daily life than the presidential, than the presidential race does, and it is, it, it is extremely important to participate in those. Okay. Current events blitz is done. Anyway. The Home for Odysseys is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. It can be found through Acast and hopefully also on your local podcasting platform of choice. If I'm not there, let me know and I will work on getting there. Our theme song is Violet by Poddington Bear, courtesy of the Free Music Archives. At this point, you know when the new episodes come out. Um, they're still going to be twice a month. Um, if you are interested in getting in touch with us, we can be found on Twitter at WaywardOCPod or through the WaywardOCPod hashtag. And you can also email us at WaywardOCPod at gmail.com. If you are interested in being on the show, uh, you can either email me or send the Wayward account a tweet, or you can go to the pinned tweet in the Wayward Twitter account, and that will let that will that will guide you to the Google form that I use for people who are interested in uh, talking about their OCs on the show. I am trying to be more proactive about actually talking to people about scheduling more than a week or two ahead of time, um, but I am currently kind of overworked with my day job. So if I'm not able to get back to you immediately, that's why it is nothing wrong with you. It is entirely my work schedule. But know that your messages are coming through. So, of course, uh, this is a podcast, and it is always incredibly helpful if you can rate and review us on your listening platform of choice, because that helps us to find a wider audience and to brighten more people's days. So, thank you all for listening. This has been the Home for OCs, and we hope you enjoyed your stay. This kid is Tiberius Drosea. So what level paladin is he? I don't know. Anyway, you talking about names made me have to mention Tiberius Drosea. Oh no, I am absolutely glad you uh, you brought that up. That is a so name good. that is going to stick with me.
Attention Brimstone Valley Mall shoppers. Are you happy with your bland wardrobe that is so last decade? As if. But there's no need to go postal. Just take a chill pill and stop on by JC Nickel. A denim skirt and some platform sneakers will take your look from ugly in the 80s to totally fly 90s chic. Got a toddler in tow? Check out Toys R We. Now chock full of merchandise from Malt Dismal's newest blockbuster hit, The Lion Sing. Now in theaters. Or, if you're feeling adventurous, then head on over to our newest storefront, Hot Topic, where you'll find... And if all that shopping fires up your appetite, then head on over to the food court for a quick burger at McDonald's or a smoothie from Dairy King. That's all for now, shoppers. Peace out.